I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loved us all. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us all. He is jealous. He loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us all. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. Oh, eleven meters like a sloppy wet kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. Oh, I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about Oh, how he loves. 
Springing up from this old ground Out of chaos, life is being found In you You make beautiful things You make beautiful things Out of dust you make beautiful things, you make beautiful things out of us. You make beautiful things, you make beautiful things out of this. And you make beautiful things, you make beautiful morning, everyone. Good to see you all this morning. Uh, this morning, as always, we have the opportunity to come uh, to the table 
And I just encourage you that as you come to the table this morning to remember that you're being invited to the table by grace. That this isn't just a ritual, but this is something that by God's grace, he's inviting you to. And there's something really beautiful about this table when we come that we actually get to participate in God's grace. That we believe that there's, there's healing at the table. And when, when Jesus told us to do this, to remember him, that there's this, this grace that's infused here and this healing that comes at the table. And you're invited, so that means no matter what you did this morning or, or this week or the things that you're struggling with or the guilt that you experience or the shame, that he's saying you're invited to the table this morning. Um, so come to the table in the midst of all your dustiness, <laughs> and he breathes life into the dust. Let's pray together. Lord, we are um, so incredibly thankful to be here this morning. That's the reason why we gather is to celebrate you and your grace and your love for us. Lord, I thank you for each person here this morning, um, that they would feel and know your embrace in a real way, that they've been invited to the table, that they've been called to the table. And Lord, I pray that as we come with all of our brokenness and, and all that we are, our whole selves, that you breathe life into us, that you empower us by your Holy Spirit. We love you. We thank you for this table. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. The ushers will lead you. Lord, I surrender all to your strong and faithful hand. Everything I will give thanks to, I'll just trust your perfect plan. When I don't know what to do, I lift my hands. When I don't know what to say, I'll speak your praise. When I don't know where to go, I'll run to your throne. When I don't know what to think. I'll stand on your truth when I don't know what to do. Lord, I surrender all, though I'll never understand.
Send your perfect peace, send your perfect peace, Lord, as I lift my hands, let your healing come, let your healing come to me, as I bow my knee, send your perfect peace, send your perfect peace, Lord, as I lift my hands, let your healing come. Let your healing come to me as I bow my knee. Send your perfect peace. Send your perfect peace. Lord, as I lift my head, let your healing come. Let your healing come to me as I bow my knee. Send your perfect peace. Send your perfect peace. Lord, as I lift my hand, let your healing come. Let your healing come to me. Oh, oh, when I don't know what to do. to say, oh, I'll speak your praise when I don't know where to go. I will run to your throne when I don't know what to think. I'll stand on your truth when I don't know what to do. I'll lift my hands when I don't know what to say. I'll speak your praise when I don't know where to go. I will run to you the road when I don't know what to think. I'll stand on your truth. When I don't know what to do. Your call comes like the morning breeze. You spread. Wings and cover me. Underneath your shadow, I will hide away. There I found your shelter. There I like to stay, refuge, you're my refuge, when the world is shaking and nothing stands, I will hold on to your hand, refuge.
you will command your angels concerning me. Guard me and watch over me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. My we bring our bring our entire self to you this morning and Lord we're just honestly saying that that's what we're looking for is refuge Lord we thank you that we can look to you for that that you that you have a strength that your ways are higher than our ways that there's a place for us to just pull ourselves under your wings that there's a safe place in you but thank you that you don't change, that you are the same today as you were yesterday and have been since the beginning of time and you are committed to being the same from this moment forward. So I thank you that the one thing that we can count on doesn't change. And Lord, even as our body is in a process of change and transition and it has been startling to some and it has been just left some just a little bit off kilter, some excited about change, and Lord, we just, wherever we're at in the midst of that, Lord, we just bring ourselves to you, because this is all about you. This is all about our relationship individually and our corporate relationship with you. Lord, as our role as leaders here, Lord, our, I just pray that we can all gather our hearts together. And realize it's all about you. It's not about exactly how a thing is structured or how this happens or that happens or, or um, what we call this or that. It's about you. It's about all of us following you and seeking you and finding you and drawing strength from each other, drawing strength from you, drawing strength from what's been those saints that have been cheering us on that have gone before us. And Lord, we bring whatever it is that we woke up with this morning. Lord, every anxiety, every stress, every fear, every discouragement, every hope, every dream, every fascination for the future. Lord, we bring all of that to you and submit it to you. 
Lord, some of us might need to say we believe, but help us in our unbelief. Help us in those moments that we're struggling. We bring it all to you today, God. We lay it at your feet. Mold us and shape us and form us and fashion us more into your likeness and more into your image today, God. That's what this is all about. So we trust you for your plans and your purposes. In the matchless name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, we trust in that name today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, thank you. I know you got to rush off. Bless you guys. Just take a minute this morning. Let's, why don't you greet a neighbor? Just give some grace and peace to your neighbor this morning. Speak a word of life to them this morning. Encourage them. I love the buzz. I love to hear the conversation, and um, it's good to see you this morning, and gosh, is this weather not just wonderful? I just uh, love to just sit and experience it and watch and listen, and, and uh, if you just prepare yourself to worship the Lord in our giving this morning as we honor Him in, in, uh, in worship, continued worship this morning, um, and and this is not a trick for the offering, okay? But I'm going to ask each of you to get an offering envelope, if you would, for me, all right? Now, again, this is not a trick. <laughs> but one of the things that we're going to be doing, one of the things that those in the South Tulsa um, campus, you're going to hear us talk about South Tulsa campus and Jinx campus from this point on, one of the things that they are used to doing is, is texting the entire um, fellowship every Saturday with the... Um, um, the message title for the next day, just so that you can kind of be preparing yourself. And they also use this for lots of different things. Um, they use it for if we have a disaster, like what happened in Joplin. If we want to mobilize our church overnight, if we want to be able to say, we need water bottles or we need this, um, and we're trying to get a word to you about that, then we use texting to do that. This seems to be the how most of us, you know, some of you don't even check your emails anymore because you're doing Facebook now, and you know, so, but the universal language right now seems to be texting, and so um, if you would like us, if you'd like to get on that list, and even if you know you're already on the church database and everything, if you would just go ahead and fill out your name there, and the numbers, it could be, you, you know, you, if it's husband and wife, you both might want to get a text, it's however you want to do that, but if you can give us the text numbers, uh, your, your phone numbers that you want us to send that Saturday night text to. Um, this would happen, you know, in the winter periodically when we have snow on the ground. Sometimes we've had to adjust things and 
And rather than you having to try to call and figure out what's going on, if the parking lot's clear or whatever, we'll be texting you and letting you know about that. Um, so if you would uh, do that, that'll be great. You can just put it in the offering. And if you want to put an offering in, that'd be great too, okay? Again, it's not a sneaky thing, but, but uh, anyway. Um, so I'm going to ask um, Susan Harwell to come up. Um, Shane and Susan, we have known them for many, many years. You've probably seen her running around here behind the scenes. And uh, uh, many of you have visited with her already. She is, uh, um, we need that microphone, Janice. Could you bring that, please? Um, she is over uh, all the children's areas, and she kind of is over a lot of things, actually. But uh, uh, she has stepped in and really helped us pull the, the blending of these two fellowships together, particularly in the children's area. She's going to talk to you a little bit about um, our need for you right now. As you can imagine, a transition like this, it's really about us all kind of mobilizing. We're gonna, it's going to be six months for us to kind of still, everything's going to be kind of moving a little bit still and, and adjusting until we can kind of pin everything down. And so we just, we just need your help in this. And she's going to tell us about a few different things that are going on that are happening um, uh, this week. Um, so talk to us. Tell us what's going Good on. Good morning. Yay. Yay. Um, well, we have a few different announcements. We have one of your very own, Sandy Minardi, who is right back here. I'm sure you probably know her. Um, she is heading up the door greeter hospitality ministry here at Sanctuary Jinx, Tulsa Life Connection Community. Um, say all that real fast. <laughs> say that five times. Yep. So if you are part of that team, she would like to meet you in the lobby after to have a short, short meeting. If you would like to be part of that team, you can join her in the lobby, and she would love to have you. Uh, this Wednesday, we have another opportunity to serve. This Wednesday, from 2 to 9, right here, we are going to have the doors open and have any skill or talent that you have or would like to work on, we would like to utilize that. We will have painting and moving things. If you have a strong back or teenagers that have strong backs, please bring them. We will be moving and cleaning and painting, and it's going to be just a fun time. So if you would like to come join us, we would love to have you. And then, if you are breathing and healthy, <laughs> or even somewhat healthy, no, we would like you to please help us in kids. Even if that is one time a month, um, we need help. This church is going to be growing fast, and we are bringing a lot of help. We're not expecting you guys to do it all. We are bringing a lot of help from Tulsa. So we're wanting to link arms together, do it together, and we need your help. So if you would be willing to help in any capacity, if you like to rock babies and that's what you do, we need you. If you like to roll around on the floor and play games and throw balls, we need you. You know, if you're like, but I'm not a good teacher, but I can take kids to the bathroom, we need you. It is not a glamorous role, but it is a very necessary role. So uh, if you have teenagers, it's a great way to bond with them and show them that serving is a good thing. My son, my fourth child, um, helps in the nursery almost every week. And when he started out two years ago, it was because we were in a situation like this where we went to two services and I needed help and I was like, you don't have a 
option. You're helping. <laughs> and so he came reluctantly, and now you will find him back in the babies. He woke up today. It was not his week to work in Tulsa. He came here to rock babies. So it is a fun way to get them serving, and kids love teenagers. So if you can, meet us out in the lobby after, and we would love to uh, get you connected. Okay, so that's how they count. They find you yes. out here in the you lobby afterwards. You will find afterwards. me right in the lobby okay. after, and we will just take an application and plug you right in, whether it's one week a month or four weeks a month. So. Awesome. Thank you, Susan, for all you do. And because we're going to be having two services here, you know, once a month, just think about, um, you know, you could actually attend the 9 o'clock service, go get a Starbucks, come back and work in the 11 o'clock service, you know, or vice versa one time a month. It would be a phenomenal way. We all look for ways to serve and to give of our life. And oftentimes we think about the more glamorous ways, you know, we're going to go on a missions trip to Haiti or we're going to do this or do that. And um, but one of the most powerful ways that we can impact the world and the next generation is we have a bunch of little people that walk in here every Sunday. And for you to be the hand and face of God to them and just love them and encourage them is, is really, really powerful. Let's give this morning, and uh, we will honor God with this. Father, we trust you in the midst of our individual life and corporate life, Lord. We, we now, as we stop and give financially, we consider the, um, the sacrifice that you have made for us. We consider the way that you give, the, the way that, um, as we saw through your life, as you wrapped yourself in human, human skin and, and walked the earth. We saw how you washed feet and how you gave and considered others first. And we truly are wanting to emulate that. We want to be like that. And we also recognize that what we have financially is we're not owners of this. We are managers, that, we, um, that it's all yours, that everything that we have that you've blessed us with is yours. And so now, as your scripture talks to us about responding and giving in this very tangible way, we make this deposit into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Most of you got our email yesterday. We have one week left as we are... Um, as we announce this new beginning, uh, we have been feverishly working behind the scenes. There's a lot of people. I just want to say thank you to all the volunteers and the staff that have stepped up and are doing all kinds of things and putting, putting some burdens on their shoulders that aren't even normally their burdens and responsibilities, but are stepping up and doing that. And uh, uh, it's wonderful. It's, you know, some of you have been involved in weddings, and you know what that's like you know, uh, the month out. Everybody's frenzy, in frenzy kind of running around doing stuff. Well, that's kind of what's going on behind the scenes here. And, and uh, we've been, since we've announced this, we've been talking about the unique benefits. We've been talking about the potential power of synergy, the, the ability for two coming together and joining their lives together and the power that comes from that. The, uh, the word synergy means that the power of the accumulation of the, or the team is greater than the power of the individual parts. And so it's 1 plus 1 equals 3, or 1 plus 1 equals 4 instead of 1 plus 1 equals 2. And that's what we believe that happens in a marriage relationship. That's what we believe happens and is potentially happening in our midst here. 
Um, we've also been talking about the unique challenges of change as well, that this is different and this is strange for some and it's new and it's not what they were expecting and it's not what we were even expecting many months ago. And, and uh, so we've thought our last time that we had as single people, so to speak, um, as a single church, that we wanted to just look back at the church. What, what is the point of the church? What's the heart of a church? Why did God do this? And, and look at what his plan is for the church, because I just want us to make sure we don't miss it. We don't miss the heart of what God's doing in his body. Um, you know, church life has been in, in it for 30 years. It's a fascinating thing. It's, a, it's kind of a moving target in Tulsa, Oklahoma, of, of all places, with all the, the changes in churches and new churches coming in and all the adjustments. And we just kind of get caught up sometimes in all the periphery of church instead of understanding what the heart is and what it's for and what it is in God's heart on why he started this in the first place. And so it's interesting to me, um, as I go on in my life, I find many times where something happens and I stop and go, wow, it's almost as if God knew what he was doing here. What, you know, um, isn't it interesting that he led us as a body to study the book of Acts for the last year? And, and that's the beginning of the church. It's the heart of the church. It's, it's what, what was in his heart for his people. And so we've kind of been saturated that in the Jinx group here. We've been saturated in that. And I just want to remind us of that. I want to take us back today to the beginning of that and remind us what started all this and what kind of the framework looks like for in his heart on what church is. Um, I've had one of the awesome privileges of my life is to do a lot of premarital counseling over the years. Um, and uh, I've had a chance, as a matter of fact, as we went and spoke at the Tulsa campus um, yesterday and I was, or last, last, what did I say? Yesterday, yeah, not yesterday. It has been a busy yeah, week. it's been a busy week. Um, last week, and uh, as I was walking through the congregation there, I noticed, oh, I did their premarital counseling, and oh, I did their premarital counseling, and and uh, it's just been a real blessing in my life. And and matter of fact, I did Ben and Noel's premarital counseling, the worship leaders, um, some few years ago. And every time I stand in front of a couple um, at a wedding, I think about this new creation that happens. This this. This new entity, truly, that is stepping into the world. I believe it's a new creation. I think when Scripture talks about the two becoming one, that it's like a new birth that happens. And truly, we have a new baby that has stepped into the world. And, um, and I, I see that, and I see what God's doing in our midst here in the, in the same context, that this is like a new baby. This is like a new birth or a new beginning that is stepping into the world. And so... If you remember back when we started our series on Acts, we talked about the word church and where that word came from. And if you remember, it goes back to the Greek word ekklesia, which means called out ones or called out together. And so this is a group of people that have been called out and called together. And so we have all been at the Jinx campus here, been called together. We've been doing life together. We've been interacting our lives together. And now God is doing a broader thing than that, and he's connecting our lives with another group of, of followers of Jesus as, they, as we connect. And so we recognize that church is not a building. Even though we're in a building, we value the building. It's a blessing to have a facility that we don't have to just meet 
you know, out on a field someplace, um, that we have rooms that are separated from this room that have our children in them, so it's not quite so chaotic. That's a blessing. That's a good thing. Um, that we have a coffee shop out there, that we have a gathering space, that we have these things as a blessing, but that's not what a church is. A church is a living, breathing entity. It's a, it's a group of people that are doing life together, that are, that are blending their lives and interacting their lives as we all follow Jesus together. And so, so we're going to continue to look at that this morning because um, we are called out from our old lives, from our old habits, from our old ways to step into something new. And so what does that new look like? We just want to remind you of that today. And then talk about, in the midst of that, some practical things for you to be aware of as we start together as a, as a family um, uh, next Sunday so that, we, um, so that we can kind of be prepared for some of the nuances of things that are going to that work as we blend these lives together. Let's take a look at Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being who were being saved they devoted themselves to they were re relentlessly committed to can you think about being devoted you know the thing that comes to my mind is an old couple maybe they've been married 60 years or 70 years they they look alike they've been together so long they actually look like each other and we say they're devoted oh my gosh what a devoted couple devotion doesn't happen by accident that marriage was built by a series of decisions that they made over the years to put self down and to join together and to choose us. They were devoted. When we're devoted to something, we can't do it casually. We have to do it purposefully. So we want to look at being devoted to things of the church, being devoted to the body that God has called us to. So it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. First of all, the apostles, they devoted the apostles' teaching. Well, the apostles' teaching was the beginning formation of the New Testament at the time. They didn't have a New Testament um, like we do, like we do now. So it was those teaching, those live teachings, those writings that were slowly beginning to be passed around that were those teachings. And so if you've been with us very long at all, you're gonna, you know that we consistently nudge you towards looking at the scripture. Uh, that's something that we're going to always do here. It's something that is the springboard. It's the foundation of everything um, that we're about. Now, I love to read um, writings of people. I have several favorite authors that I love to read that talk about their experience with the scripture, their personal experience with God and how God has transformed them and changed them. I love that. But all of that, the reason I love that is because they're talking about their story as it relates to the big story, the big story that has been presented in Scripture, the, sc the story of God and his people, his relentless um, response to his people, his relentless pursuit for his pe to his people. 
And so any story that's ever been written that's worth its salt in the world has a flavor of that, has a little bit of the big story in it. And I love to, to read both of those, but, it's, but we are going to consistently ref, refer you back to your own time with the Scripture. Your, uh, we encourage that in lots of different ways, from different Bible study things that we have here, uh, small group settings to your own personal time. Uh, we have encouraged you to to find that time on an individual basis, to, to search the scriptures and read the scriptures for yourself, uh, whether that's in a life group, whatever the setting is, that we're going to consistently encourage that. And we are also going to continue and even increase our look at those that have gone before us in the historical church, those that, that have walked this walk for thousands of years that we can learn from different ways that they experience this. Um, I want to take us to, to Hebrews 12.1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sin sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There are those that have gone before us. We had an op opportunity many, many, many years ago to run the Pikes Peak Marathon. Um, I had never been to Colorado before. Um, I had lived in Indiana and Oklahoma. Um, we don't have mountains in either one of those. Um, and so I didn't know, you know, I was tr we trained for it here. We actually ran just half, half of it. It was 13.6 miles straight uphill. 14.3. 14, excuse me. Exact. Excuse, excuse me. I'm straight uphill, yes, the I'm entire way. Yeah. And, we uh, make we, that perfectly clear. Yes, mm -hmm. we went to a thing the night before at the, uh, at the, um, one of the, the Performing Arts Center in, in Colorado Springs, and, and they were showing slides of, different things all along the way. And the last three miles is above the timber line. And they said, now there's a reason that nothing is alive up here because there is no oxygen up here. <laughs> and so, you know, I was, I was uh, you know, we we're, were listening to all this and I just had no idea what this was really like. As a matter of fact, uh, again, we trained here in Tulsa, which is kind of silly for, you know, running that. Uh, and I remember the day we showed up there, it was overcast, and I went out on the balcony of this condo that we were staying in, and I walked, and I just I was asking a friend there that was from Colorado, and I said, is that Pikes Peak? Because I could see just a little bit of some of the foothills, and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> was that Pikes Peak? No, 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 no. And then all of a sudden, later in the day, it cleared, and he said, Brent, come here. <laughs> That's Pikes Peak. And I said, oh, my gosh. Um, and they said in that little deal that we did that night before, they said, now, there's parts where it kind of evens out. You know, there's parts where it's kind of straight uphill, and then there's parts where it kind of evens out. We might have been on the wrong trail, but we never found the part that was kind of evened out. <laughs> it was pretty much just straight uphill. But once we got to within a mile of the finish, we happened to be, by the way, that year, we happened to be the first couple that finished together um, that day. Now, there weren't that many couples running together, but we were the first ones that actually finished together. And um, what I envision here, this great cloud of witnesses, God and Jesus at his right hand and these kind of witnesses cheering us on. 
When we were about a, a mile from the top, which, by the way, the, the path is really unclear at that point. It looks like just a bunch of rocks and boulders. It's hard to find the path. But all of a sudden, you, you look up, and you see this whole group of people that are leaning over the top of the mountain. And they're screaming, going, you can do it. You can do this. Um, and we made some really good time that last hour. Uh, there was something about it, because we were about spent by that time. And, uh, but there's something about that last mile when you, we had this cheering crowd that was cheering us on, saying, you can do it, you can do it. That there was an adrenaline that we got we, we, um, that, that, that encouraged us and allowed us to finish that. And that's what I think has happened in the historical church that sometimes we lose track of, is there's those that have gone before us that are cheering us on that this is the way, walk ye in it. Um, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and as, we, as we look at that, as we look at what has happened um, before us, I think it's got to be an encouragement to us. It's going to be an encouragement to what we face today because there's really nothing new under the sun. We all face basically the same kinds of stuff. Um, and, and how do we get there? Uh, so we're going to continue to look at that. It's a reminder of we're from a bigger family. There is a bigger story that's going on here. There's 2,000 years of people that have followed Jesus that are cheering us on. There's an excitement that comes with that to know that I am part of a bigger group. Now, when we join churches together, anytime you join people together, you find that there are differences. We do things a little bit different. Brent and I have basically the same core values in almost every area of our lives. But when I married into his family, one of the things that I realized is they do some things wrong. <laughs> okay, different. They do things different. Like Christmas. His family opens Christmas presents and they neatly fold their paper and they have a trash bag sitting beside them and they put the paper in the trash bag and then pass the trash bag on to the next person to neatly open their gift and fold up the paper and put it in the trash bag. They don't have that. At least we don't keep the paper for years That's and years true. and keep redoing That's it. That's true. They don't have piles and piles of paper with presents mixed in and ribbons and stuff all over the floor and a dog jumping through the midst of it on Christmas morning. They don't do that. And so my initial reaction was, they just miss Christmas. I mean, they just really don't enjoy and celebrate Christmas. But what I found out over the years was they did enjoy Christmas. They did celebrate Christmas. But they did it in a way that was different than what I did it. We're going to have differences that we have. But it doesn't mean we're not all celebrating the same Lord and Savior. We're going to blend together, and we're going to go, God, what do you have for this new family? How do we make this work for this family that's good and wonderful and glorifying to you? One of the things that Brent's family does at family gatherings, and his grandma Max started this, and probably it started for generations before that, but when I came in the family in the 70s, we would go to a family reunion. You'd have aunts and uncles and cousins and everything, and then all of a sudden, grandma would say, hold hands. And so the whole group would hold hands, and we would sing the doxology together. And it was at first I'm like, well, that's certainly different, isn't it? <laughs> but I came to really value that we're not only just a family, but they celebrate the fact that we're a family in Christ. They have generations of Christians on their family. They have generations of pastors on their side of the family. And it's a celebration of that relationship that we all have in Christ. And it became a precious thing to me instead of weird. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Yes. <laughs> now, individual, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
let's not go into those. Um, <laughs> so we're, when you blend two groups together, it's when I work with couples before they get married or after they get married, I use the word blend a lot. I said, because there's really not, you're going to find there's really not rights and wrongs here. It really is. We just do it different. We think this way a little differently. It's really how do you blend those. In a marriage relationship, and I'm not talking about compromising with the world here. I'm talking about blending in a church setting where everybody's following under the banner of Christ. That we have to blend our things. This is what our churches have done so poorly for generations. Because we have locked into these things that we believe, well, this is the right way to do it. You sing hymns with hymnals, that's the right way to do it. Or you don't sing that, you do that, you just sing contemporary songs, or you do communion this way or that way or whatever. And we've locked into those things, um, and we've been separated ourselves from others. Well, we're trying to go the opposite. We're trying to say we're going to blend. We're going to kind of pull these two groups of people together, and we're going to pull together some of the unique things that each of us do. Um, and um, so as not, our services won't last three hours, and so that, you know, we, we, we have to, um, we have to, we've just been praying about, okay, what are those core things, what are those key things that we, we want to blend? And so a couple of the things that we're going to begin to add to our worship experience that is, uh, the, the, the Tulsa group is uh, more used to, is really reminding us consistently of some of those things that are standards for our faith. I was raised in a church where we said the, the Lord's Prayer every, every Sunday together. We stood and said that. Um, and that's something that they're used to doing and that we're going to adopt that. We think that's a, a very significant thing for us to do. For many years in, in my um, Christian walk, for the last many years, I've been in churches where we haven't done that. And uh, I, f- I believe that we've kind of missed something there. This is the prayer that Jesus said, pray like this. Um, when he was asked, how should we pray? Pray like this. I think there's something about the consistency of that going over and over. And some will say, well, that's just a ritual and that will lose the specialness of that. Some people thought that when we did communion every Sunday. Well, we're going to lose the specialness of that. That's not, that wasn't my tradition growing up. We did it once a month. Um, and, but, but as I've walked through this, and I don't know what your experience is, but it really is what we then put into it. Anything can be a ritual, mm-hmm. or anything can be precious um, if we put our hearts into it. And so we've been doing this for many years now, and I can't wait to come to church to k- take communion. It's something I long for because there's something that I put myself in a place to receive something very special. It has not become routine or it's not lost. As a matter of fact, it's gained significance in my life. And I believe that that's what will happen here. The other thing that they are used to doing is also... Um, um, saying together um, some of the reminding ourselves of some of the beliefs the core beliefs of the church Um, the official term for that is creeds there's some of the the core creeds of the church that um, there's there's several of them uh, like the apostles creed I talked about this a few weeks ago about what that is this was this was something that the church has been doing worldwide for about 1700 years and when I think about um, doing that, as a matter of fact, I think about that when we take communion. I think about within a 24-hour period in the world, there are millions and millions and millions and millions of Christians that are doing this exact same thing. They are coming and standing um, and receiving these elements or something that unifies, I believe, the body of Christ uh, for those. And so 
those are a couple things that you'll see, that you'll experience, you'll see how we kind of integrate those into the flow of the service. And I just want you to be prepared for that. Um, we believe it's a good thing. It'll be a little different for some of you, but we believe it's going to be a very good thing for us. And um, everybody's, you know, when you, when you blend things, um, when I talk with couples and the process of blending is that, that we don't, that, that means that we don't do everything exactly the way either person wants. Uh, because you can't fold the paper up and put it in the bag and leave it out on the floor at the same time. You kind of do one or the other. And so it's a blending process. And so these are a couple of things that we think that are really vital and special for us moving forward together. It's interesting because every time I read the creeds, I get real teary. I can't get all the way through them. I get choked up, and I kind of have to stop reading. And I'm like, what is that? You know, if you're trying to read out loud, you feel kind of like a dork and hope nobody hears you going <coughs> partway through. Uh, but I really... As I've really thought it through, I think it's because there's such a beauty in them. And I think also because this is what I believe. This isn't a new philosophy that's out. It's not part of what I learned when I was in a radical high school in the early 70s. Or this isn't a new wave that came. This is truth. This is what I believe about Jesus Christ, about the Father, about the Holy Spirit. This is what I believe and it does bring me into connection with people all around the world. Because I think that there's people in Africa and China. There's people on remote islands somewhere. And they're saying the same thing. And we are affirming together that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And they're through generations. I mean, I think about a, a soldier in the Civil War that is newly saved, and he is repeating the Apostles' Creed. I think about somebody at the time of Joan of Arc. I mean, think about that. They were Christians. They were followers of Jesus back then. I think about our ancient fathers as they were meeting together on the creeds. I think about the disciples. Think about people that were martyred for their faith. We all have that common belief in Jesus Christ, and that links us to a much better much bigger picture and better than just our own little life and our own little world. And so there's a beauty, there's a preciousness in that. So we will be doing that. Of course, we'll be continuing to share God's word and continuing to encourage you, spend time in God's word on your own all the time. We want your life immersed with the word of God. That's what brings us cleansing, healing, direction, guidance, everything for our lives. In a practical sense, we're working towards how to really encourage our kids in the apostles' teachings. How can we get the word really in them? And so we're doing a few practical things that you're going to see are changes. Next week, you're going to see twos and threes. Instead of being called twos and threes, they're actually going to be a name for the classrooms. We want the kids to have an identity. This is who we are. I'm a part of this classroom, and we're learning and growing in that. We're going to be moving the kids from upstairs down to the fellowship hall. We're going to work on um, cleaning that up a little bit so it's not quite so creepy and making it fun. And um, they're going to have praise and worship in there. And then we're going to split after praise and worship, after all the kids are together for praise and worship, we're going to put the first through third grade together and then fourth through sixth together so that we can gear the teaching towards something that is age appropriate for them so we can feel like they're really getting something that's on their level. 
the youth, we're going to split junior high and senior high for the same reason. We want them to be learning something on their own level. So junior high is going to be on Wednesday night. Senior high is going to be on Thursday night so that things can be geared to their age group and to uh, their developmental stage. And we're looking for, I know our youth have been used to meeting on Sunday mornings during the service times, and we're looking for things that we can do even before and after the service. We think there's something about the youth sitting with their parents um, that is a significant thing for us. I know that, that I did that all the way growing up myself. Um, I, you know, probably wasn't necessarily my choice to do that. Um, rather hang out over in the corner with some of my buddies, you know, from school. I think there's something about the experiencing the, 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 the rhythms of what happens in a, in, a, in a church service here. But we're also looking for ways before and after the services for some of our youth to connect and have some experiences. I think our youth are going to find they have, a, have had a very active youth group that does lots of stuff. There's lots of different activities, lots of different service projects, missions trips, fun stuff, and so we're going to be looking to, to how to make those connections. The next one is be devoted to, to the fellowship. Remember that word as we talked about several months ago. That's the word koinonia. means common bond, common story, all coming from that. We all have this, God made us with this deep needs and sense for a relationship with him, and he made us with this deep need and sense for a relationship with each other. There's something about this bond. And we don't get a strong common bond with people by just coming and sitting in a room with them, um, sitting next to somebody. Common bond comes from opening our lives up. And so this is one of the things that if you've been with us for some time, you know that this is, we, we've, we talk about this all the time. And we've tried to champion this and encourage this through our life group systems and through our e-groups, our encouragement groups, and through women, women's and men's experiences and fellowships. And and our MOPS program and all those different kind of things. And we're going to continue to nudge those forward. There's something about what we have seen when people are able to share their real honest lives with another person. And that other person doesn't back up, doesn't freak out. That's like, oh, my gosh, you're going through that. And, uh, but they are they're able to hear and understand, to be able to receive, to be able to continue to love, to be able to, to respond with the, the, this, the heart of hey, I've got my own stuff that I've dealt with in my life, and it's only by God's grace that I've been able to deal with that, and so I'm going to stand with you as you walk through that, and we're going to link arms. And probably next month, I'm going to need some of your strength because of something that I'm going through. It becomes this kind of peer relationship. You've heard us talk over and over again. The most powerful place that you can find yourself in is to be fully known and fully loved, to be fully known by being able to open your heart and your life up and to be fully accepted and loved. And that doesn't happen easy. That takes some risk. That takes some challenge. Some of us don't do that because we've done that in the past and we got burnt. Somebody, we shared something and somebody wasn't confidential. Or they all of a sudden slipped into this role of now they're the teacher. You know, we're the weak one now and they're the teacher and they kind of take this hovering position over us. Well, I'll fix you now. And There's all kind of different ways that those don't work well. We work really hard here in our fellowship to help us understand what that looks like, that we all are on that same level working together and opening our hearts uh, up with one another. And that, I believe, is one of the keys that made the early church poised for, a powerful for the powerful growth that they had. Uh, one night they added 3,000. There was, you know, within 70 years, there was a million people that were added to this faith. 
And I believe that they understood this message of grace. It was a new message. And they knew that they didn't earn it, that they didn't deserve it. As a matter of fact, they had lived for centuries, uh, not individuals living for centuries, but they, their, 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 their people have lived for centuries knowing that they had to do certain things to try to, um, to, to, to gain or even to receive um, grace and, and love and acceptance. And so here now, they're stepping into this new message that it's just because of believing. It's just because of accepting and receiving this gift. I believe that there's a humility that they experienced there, that they passed that around. Nobody acted like they had it all together. And, and that was just not something that in the early church that they would have thought that I am the great one and I've got it all together and I'm going to present myself as this kind of perfected person. They all understood that we have feet of clay and they were able to pass that grace uh, among them. And so we're going to hear us continue to talk about those small group environments. As we've mentioned, we believe that you need to find two or three people that, because you don't open yourself up totally with everybody. That's not going to happen. Jesus spent most of his time with 12, most of that time with three. You're not going to have a hundred best friends. Um, that's not going to happen. But a few people that you can be fully open with. And I believe that God has that for every single one of us, that we can walk through life at that kind of level. So we'll continue to talk about what that looks like and how do we move into that experience in our life. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. There's some uh, debate whether this means communion or whether this means eating a meal together. You know what? It doesn't really matter. There's something that happens when we break bread together. At this particular time in a Jewish home, it was almost a reverential type of thing to have someone come to your house and eat with you. There was a bonding that happened. There's still a bonding in our lives that happens when we sit down over a meal with each other. You guys know, I say that's why I have the gift of lunch. Um, because you get connected with people when you have lunch together, when you have them over to your home for dinner. And so we're going to encourage you, continue to have people over, continue to have people in your life. That's why we have dinner a lot of times with our life groups, because there's a connection that comes with that. And so we want to encourage you to do that. It's also why we have communion every time we gather. As we gather together and we recognize what Christ has done for us, there is a common bond that forms with us. It reminds us that we are all in this thing together. There's also something powerful that happens in communion. There's a connection with God. There is a reminder of his healing, his grace, his power. And I believe we receive something every time we go through communion. There is some grace that comes over us anew each time. So both fellowships, this has been something that won't feel like a change. Uh, both fellowships have been doing this for a long time. Where they, we have communion as part of our service. And, and as, uh, we've kind of have that as part of our worship service here. And we're going to continue to do that. And, and, uh, but one of the things in blending our lives together that you're going to see that's a little bit different. And, um, and this, is, this is stretching my Baptist upbringing a little bit, okay? I'll have to tell you that. And it may stretch some of you. Um, their community has been used. They've had a lot of people in their community that have come from traditions where they have actually used real wine uh, for communion. Any of you come from that? Um, some of you have. Um, my Baptist church did not do that, okay? We had Welch's. And so, uh, um, and, uh, and so what you would see at, at their communion table is you would see um, a, 
two different, um, two different cups. There's going to be one with Welch's in it, and there's going to be one with real wine. Um, now, these aren't to drink from. Don't anybody stop and drink from these, okay? Uh, these are to dip <laughs> the bread in, all right? And so you're going to see a little different setup as you, as you come to communion. And uh, so I'm be watching, okay? No, no, no drinking from that. It would be really obvious. And so, um, but communion also means accepting others, accepting their unique expressions, accepting the way that, that somebody's going to park in your parking space next week. It's going to happen next week. Somebody's going to sit in your chair. I can guarantee it. They will try to sit in your chair. How dare they do that? Um, but it's about opening our arms. Remember, we have a, a, a large group of people that are coming to this building for the very first time. Um, I'm asking us to, to welcome them with open arms, uh, to have a heart and an attitude. Some, you're going to be some that are wa- they're going to be wandering around going, where's the bathroom around here? Um, and encourage you to, particularly those of you that have connected in small life groups and stuff, which we believe is wonderful, but sometimes um, when we see the, the life group huddles here after service, it's very much inward, which is a great thing. But I'm asking you guys to think outward, too, and think about those that are not yet connected and how can you open your arms up um, to them. And so we're all going through changes and realize that those that are coming in are going through changes and you're going through changes. And so communion means a common bond. We're all in this together. This is our family now. Um, Let's walk together. They were devoted to prayer. In the early church, they prayed, and they believed that God answered their prayers. They believed that the miracles that happened were the result of the prayer that they had. They had power because they united together in prayer. Obviously, that is important to both of our bodies. We're going to continue to have prayer. We're going to continue to pray together as a body. But I also want to encourage you to make this a matter of prayer for you and your family personally. Pray for the other people in our body, our original body and now our new body. Pray for the blending that is coming here. I am not one that sees evil around every corner, but I do recognize that we have an enemy. And I do recognize that he has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And you know what? He's not real pro-unity. He is more in division and trying to pick people off, isolating them so they can be picked off. Pray for everyone within our bodies and for all that God wants to bring in here. We know that we serve a risen Savior, and he doesn't kill and destroy. He brings healing. He brings reconciliation. He brings restoration. And so we want to continue to focus on his goodness and say, Lord, let your will be done in this. We want to follow you in all that we're doing. So I would just ask you to really make this a matter of prayer for everyone that's involved because we want to live the full and abundant life that Jesus has for all of us. And verse 44 said, All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. The other thing that happened was radical generosity. They gave. And you're a giving people. We're going to continue to have opportunities um, for us to give, to reach outside of ourselves. The reason for us to, um, to receive the blessing of God is so that we can be a blessing. Uh, it's been exciting to see some of the things that they have been involved in. They did a big backpack um, outreach to, 
to needy kids in the community uh, um, going back to school. Um, they were all going to do a big turkey um, blitz um, for Thanksgiving where we're, we're getting with uh, social services in Tulsa and finding families that are in deep need that we can begin to put um, Thanksgiving baskets um, to, together. Uh, they've been used to building a water well um, every year somewhere in the world and uh, coming together and they actually send a team to go with that and watch the water well uh, either while it's being dug or after it's being dug so we can actually see that it actually happened and and we're going to continue the things that we do to continue to reach out through the Jinx Food Bank our Pine Ridge outreach we both have a Haiti outreach and so we're going to continue to 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 reach out um, to, to that country as well as several of the other things and so one of the cool things about a blended family like this, a bigger, a, a, a bigger team, is that we can make a more powerful splash on some of those outreaches. And so we're looking to make a significant deposit into some of those um, areas. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So there are strengths in both of these. They met in the temple courts, which is like this experience, and they met in their homes. There's something powerful about both of those. One of the benefits of meeting in the temple courts like this is that we get this sense of strength. We get this sense of with, with, a, with a greater body, there's a greater strength, there's a greater impact that we can have uh, in the world, in the kingdom. The church is not a building. The church is a group of called out people, called together. We're pretty ordinary. We're not very impressive from time to time. We're definitely imperfect, but we're all seeking to follow Jesus. So as we join together with our brothers and sisters, let's join. Let's not keep our pocket here and our pocket here and, oh, you're from there. Let's join. Let's all be part of this body together. Who knows? Some of these people coming, that may be your new best friend, that person that you've been praying for to really connect with. Some of you that are single, your future spouse may be in this group of people. You may have in-laws that are going to come out of this group of people. But we want to go into this with the attitude of, come on in, guys. You're the part of the family we've been waiting for. We haven't had you here. Come on in and be a part of our family. We're looking for you. We're expecting you. Some of the things they do may be different. Some of them may be weird. Some of the people may be weird. Some of the people are going to think you're weird. You know, that's part of being people. That's just part of it. But we have the same Lord and Savior. And we're going to be called together to worship him and to serve him and to make a difference. But just remember, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, just like when you welcome a new baby in the home, it doesn't displace the other children. It's a coffee, I think. <laughs> yeah. Must have gotten caffeine or something. We're going to grow. We're going to make accommodations for each other. But you still have a place. You still have a part. We love you. You're a part of our family. And hopefully we're a part of yours. And that's not going to change. Just when you add another child to the family, there ends up being enough love. There's enough love for all of us to go around. And so we can make this work. And it's a good thing. 
And truly, we're all a little weird, aren't we? Um, and the human condition is, you know, we're made in the image of God, so there's a perfect image that we're made in, but we're all broken. We're all broke, broken image bearers. So that's where we all walk with a limp a little bit. That's where we all are a little weird. Uh, but there's something about when his body comes together um, and his ears and his hands and his eyes and his legs, when they all come together, when they interconnect, something very powerful happens. All of you are really, really important to this process. Some of you have been here since we started the church 12 years ago in the Life Connection. Thank you for, for standing with the vision of why this came into being. Many of you have, have connected along the way. Um, and I had a few of you say, are you going to forget our names? Um, absolutely, there's no way. Um, I have four kids. Uh, I still remember my oldest name. And so uh, <laughs> the... Uh, um, so it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing that happens, but there's no way that we can do this without some adjustment, without some change, without it kind of stretching all of us. But I do believe that when we began to feel the, the call of this um, a few months ago, there was something about the body of Christ coming together that just trumped everything. It trumped some of the challenges and some of the change and some of the stretching because uh, this is not what normally happens. We normally just hear about split, 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 split. Um, but there's something about the body of Christ coming together. And I know there's been some that, that have, that this has been too much for. And um, we are believing that they are still a part of our body, even if they're not here right now, that they'll always be a part of our body. Uh, we believe that they're going to find a connection in the body um, that, that will nurture them and that they will nurture. That we're all part of this thing together. Um, all of us. We're, it's, it's, all, it's all his body. We're all parts of it. The, the reason that we have these human challenges is because we're humans. And so we're going to keep working, keep linking arms, keep, keep, keep walking this out. And um, we just, uh, we just want you to know that we love you. Can't tell you, we can't even put into words how important you are to us and, and how important you are to the body. And, and uh, we ha it's been an honor to serve this campus, and now it will be a continued honor to, to serve all of, this, all of this family. Why don't you stand as we pray this morning? Father, we... We trust you because you put your arms around all of this. Um, all of your kids are incredibly valuable to you. They're very, very important to you. And I pray that you will continue to link your arms around this entire process, that you will guide us humans that are um, in a position to lead and to um, put some policies in place or put some... Um, um, even how a worship experience is structured. But we trust you to be the one that guides those hands. And Lord, we, as leaders, we ask you to continue to, to mold us and shape us and move us here and move us there and give us wisdom and clarity in everything that we're doing here. Lord, we want to decrease so that you might increase. We want you to be the most profound name and influence in this entire process. 
So I thank you for this group of people here, Lord. I just pray that you will nurture them, that you will encourage them, that you will speak life to them. And uh, we consistently thank you for that. Thank you for this new life and this new birth, this new creation that we're kind of just watching to see what happens as we step forward in the world. We honor you once again in Jesus' name. And as you go today, as always, I want to remind you of God's blessing for your life. Once again, as we do, as we kind of wrap up every service, we, we uh, remind you of what he thinks about you, what his plans are for you, that his desire to bless you is out of his heart. It's not out of you earning it. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may his countenance, his face, his power, his strength turn towards you and give you peace. So may you receive peace, walk in that peace, um, pass that peace on to others as you go. And as we oftentimes say, now go worship. <laughs> go worship him. Go be about what you do in honor to him and, and worship him with your life. Don't leave if you need prayer this morning. Um, we're going to always have prayer at the end of service. And so if you're needing for somebody to stand with you and look you in the eyes and hold on to you and, and pray for you right now, please don't leave without that. Bless you as you go. Bless you as you come if you're needing prayer. See you next week. Yes. Don't come here at 10 next week, okay? 9 or 11 in this building. And so uh, pass the word around. <laughs>